All right, hello guys. Welcome to another episode of Lumia Sports. I'm your host, Demetrius Mason, joined again by Darnell Jones. What's up, guys? And no Dom today continues to go on his vacation, his little Kevin Durant excursion. So we hope him the best and we will see him soon. Um, hey man, when he comes back, he better score 33. That's all we ask. <laughs> but let's get into it a fun weekend of basketball it's gonna be one of the one of the rare remaining weekends left where we actually get to enjoy our weekend vacations because as you guys know starting in may 18th the play-in tournament we're gonna have to do it day by day i'm gonna, have, I'm gonna be struggling but i'm gonna need some coffee or something to be up for that <laughs> but but let's get right into it so starting friday the warriors beat the nuggets and man i was the first person to say it Steph sold the other day, man, Jokic is the MVP. Then they went out there, played each other. Jokic had 19 points, six rebounds, six assists, seven sixteen shooting, and lost by 20, 118-97 to Steph Curry and company. 32 points for Steph, eight rebounds on 11 of 18 shooting. Um, Draymond Green went out there, he had two points, but somehow a huge impact because he had 19 assists and 12 rebounds, Kelly Oubre with 23 off the bench. So, Darnell, what did you see out of this one? Yeah, I saw, um, obviously, it wasn't a great showing from the Nuggets. They were in the game uh, a little bit in the first quarter, but, you know, it's like they won the, they lost the first quarter 30 to 24, won the second quarter 26 24. And then from there, the Warriors kind of just took off, but not, you know, the showing that you want to see from the front runner for the MVP, if there is a front runner at this point. Um, <laughs> Steph Curry didn't, yeah, Steph Curry didn't really play like the level that we've seen throughout that recent run that he had. He kind of struggled a little bit, honestly, until that fourth quarter where he had 13, he hit two of two from three, and he was struggling from the three point line, but he made them when he counted and Jokic didn't show up when he counted. And that was the biggest difference. I think anytime you have Steph playing at a level where he's the initiator of the offense is going to be a deadly threat because this is one of the first times we've, well, this is the first time we've seen this since post Kevin Durant, right? Yeah. Kevin Durant was the focal point of that Warriors team. And, you're, you're going to have to go to before Kevin Durant got there to where their offense was Steph or bust. Not Steph or bust, but it was Steph and everyone kind of played off of him. So I think that's how they're playing. They obviously don't have the talent now that they did then. Once Clay comes back, it'll be a different story. So we'll have to see how that plays out. But Steph is playing some of the best basketball of his career right now. And – 32 points, and I'm saying it was an off night because he's averaging 31, and he didn't shoot Steph Curry-like, if that makes sense. It was 11 for 18. Man, these are high standards, man. It It is. <laughs> it is. Mainly from three, he couldn't make them, but from the field, obviously, he's making every every drive to the basket, He's making tough layups, getting to the free throw line, converting there. So he's still producing, but it's about the three, right? It's Steph Curry. 
<laughs> what I'll you probably you watched this game, right? Yeah. So that's probably so you watched what because I didn't watch this one, but I watched them play the Wizards. So you're probably getting like that indication, like damn, it's it's that feeling of he kind of has to hit all of them. But the difference mm-hmm. is right now, the crazy thing about it is much shit I've given this guy. Ubre off the bench is literally their second best player. He can't do it when he's starting. And this is what we've been – you remember me saying it earlier in the year. I was like, man, mm-hmm. you can't just put Ubre out there by himself on the bench. And they don't now. They put Wiggins with him. So now there's someone else out there. And sometimes they'll even put Draymond with him. Um, I think one big thing is, is there's no Pascal out there to just run into people and just take five bad shots a game um, minimum. <laughs> so that's really helpful. The other thing is Jordan – go ahead. I don't think it's just Pascal, man. It's honestly Wiseman as well. Yeah, no, no. It's Wiseman too. You're right. It's both of them. It's Wiseman and Pascal. Um, I think another thing is that Jordan Poole out there, he can dribble. So now they found like, you know, he's not Damian Lee where, where Damian Lee was at least supposed to do. He wasn't really hitting this year, but he was just going to mm-hmm. sit out there and shoot. Jordan, Jordan Poole can actually drive, create a little bit. Um, they're playing – uh, Scano Anderson again, and really what what's happening is is Ubre is kind of like their backup power forward basically, um, with Juan being like their backup center or Draymond being their backup center, kind of in, in like those roles. So it's very interesting to see like how that's working because it allows him to not be the shooting guard, right? Like he has more, he can just go to the basket a little bit more. Um, he did hit three of seven, but mainly he's going to get his points going to the rim. He had, he was nine for sixteen from the field. Get six rebounds. So like, if you do the math, he was like six and nine inside the paint. That's where they want him. He's got to go to the basket. He's getting steals, three steals. He can protect the rim. He had two blocks. So Ubre has been huge for them um, in that as well. And you saw in this game, no Bazemore, but they didn't want to start Ubre. So they started Molder because they want that floor spacing around Steph. Mm-hmm. Just to have someone else who, who will shoot the ball, right? Because Ubre is going to yeah. shoot it, but you don't really want him to. But off the bench, it's fine because he has to. Like it makes more sense. So Ubre can definitely be that guy off the bench. And it's really working. It's really flowing for them. Um, right now, we'll talk about what happened with them last night as well. But yeah, the Warriors looking – they look a little – they look better as a team right now. So you do want Steph, obviously, to step it up and to continue to do what he's doing. But I said he might have been out of the MVP race. I don't know now because it's getting real interesting especially we didn't even talk about it. Will Barton left the game early with an injury. So now Jokic's whole, and he's going to be out for a while. So now Jokic's whole team is kind of collapsing, which is going to be another thing because they're going to start, you would think, losing a couple more games. And let's be fair about this. Steph is just beating Jokic twice. like, And Jokic played badly both times. And Steph, even though you can say he played badly, I guess the second time with 32, he had 50 the first time. So I'm just saying, man, Jokic didn't help himself out at all. I, I want to, I don't want to give it to him. It's not true. My brain is telling me to give Jokic for obvious reasons, but, but, just saying. I'll, I'll, I'll say this: Jokic doesn't have a stranglehold on the MVP. Even though he's been the front runner for the majority of the season, he doesn't have a stranglehold on it. And if Steph can, the Nuggets with losses to Will Barton now, obviously they they lost Jamal Murray as well. Once 
if they fall in the standings and it's close record wise, the voters are going to give it to Steph Curry because he's the more he's he's been the storyline. There's no storyline surrounding by surrounding Jokic that you can really play off of to make those kind of voters vote for him. So the voters are looking for any excuse to not vote for him. I've said that before. And if Steph continues playing like this, then that's the reason enough right there. Someone else is coming out here crazy as well, but we'll get in. I think there are two other people who are coming kind of strong. I think one person, we'll talk about him in a little bit. We'll talk about him. It's going to be some interesting conversations <clears throat> heading forward. But moving on, we're going to do a right thing. We're going to talk about two different games and two different days. We're just going to make them one segment because, honestly, they're both the same thing. Um, the Grizzlies beat the Trailblazers 130-128 on Friday and turned around and beat them 120-113 um, just on Sunday. And I know a lot of people are watching that Nets-Suns game. I was glued to the second game because I had to see it. And um, we'll just talk about the first one first. In this one, John Morant, 33 points. Dylan Brooks at 25 as well. And they just – they had no answers. Jaron Jackson off the bench, 23. You can see already his impact. It was a high-flying game for both teams. Dame had 27, but 8 of 22 shooting out there. CJ, he had 22 as well. Um, Nurkic was eating 26 points, 17 rebounds. But, Darnell, what did you see out of the first time they played Friday? Tough game, close game down the stretch, and the Blazers, again, just can't get it done in these closing moments. Yeah, I saw um, – it was just tough, man, right? Because Damian Lillard was 8 of 22 from the field, 3 of 11 from 3. He obviously didn't have it going from the field. And they got production from Nurkic. She had 26 and 17, like you said. He was a plus 9. But honestly, the biggest problem with the Blazers is the addition of Norman Powell. It's not – I said this when it happened, and I said that I didn't really love the trade because I thought that – I didn't think that it was really an upgrade. And I think Dom disagreed but at the time. I disagreed. I think, yeah, you might have disagreed as well. But, like, Gary Trent, he's not – the defender that sort of say that a Norman Paul is, but I don't think Norman Paul is some all world defender either. Right. Mm, yeah. But offensively, Norman Paul should be more seasoned. He's a little more bit more. old. He's a little older, but Gary Trent, he proved he scored 44 in the game with the Raptors earlier this year. After the trade, he has potential as a shooter and the chemistry that they had, with him in the rotation, I think is missing. And obviously, it's an, it's going to be an adjustment. There's been players in and out of the lineup from the Blazers. I'm not giving them excuses, but Dame hasn't been great. CJ hasn't been great. They're pro- producing that, uh, you know, they gave, gave you 22 and 27 respectively, but that's just not the level that they need to play for them to win you know, some of these games, they need to play at a higher level than that. And they just haven't been getting that from either one of those guys. And I think for the Grizzlies, you look at Ja in the last recent stretch, I think there is a stat that he's averaging like 29 over like the last five to eight games. I don't know what which one it was. It was like five or eight, but he's averaging like 29 over his recent stretch. He had 13 assists with, with zero turnovers, which is really impressive to see. And 
the addition of Jaron Jackson. I thought that we'll get into last night's game, but just 24, 25 minutes and 23 points is just efficiency. And he had a, a 19, I think, point game, 20, 20, 19, 20 points in his first game back. So he's been producing in limited minutes. So that's just a, you know, really exciting thing to see. And it's going to be tough for teams to knock them out because if they can get everybody healthy at the right time, I think they'll be trending in the right direction right when they need to. Hey, we pointed this out. Um, I guess we didn't point it out. We weren't recording yet. But me and Dom actually were talking about it. And Jaron Jackson was their best player um, in the bubble, at least. And because he's the one who just stretches the floor, he's not even doing that right now. He just, he just is their best player. Now, I say that, and I'll pump the brakes a little bit, because Ja, the second we came out with the poll, he was the best scorer, and I said Dylan Brooks. And Dylan Brooks is important. I have a, this change. These couple of days changed my opinions on a couple of things, but Ja went crazy um, because, as we know, the, the Blazers can't guard guards. They can't really guard anybody, but 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 you know those two guys they can't guard guards, and Ja was faster than them, um, and he was just better than almost Dame and CJ combined. Thirty three points, thirteen assists is crazy with zero turnovers. Is like. Mm-hmm. It's just insanely high level, you know, point guard play. But the reason is because the Blazers are they're adding no resistance. There's no resistance. And I'll give you this on the Norman Powell point. You are right. I think one problem is, is they didn't want to start all three of them. If they did, then, you know, it might look a little different because I think Gary was, he's a really high effort defending. He's not as big yet. You know what I mean? He's not as strong, but it's not like Norman's stopping anybody. He's either on Ja or Brooks, and they're still killing him. So, you know, same thing. I think where they fucked up is the Blazers should have went out and gotten Aaron Gordon, and they didn't do it. And we were like, he's right there. He would have been perfect for them. He wouldn't have shot the ball. He'd have been athletic. He could guard wings, could guard small dudes. You know what I mean? He kind of is keeping the nuggets afloat, actually, with his defense and just passing because he doesn't want to shoot it. Right now, you might have to shoot it for them soon because they keep missing players. But for this team, the issue, like you're pointing out, is Norman Powell's good, but 12 shots kind of hurts. But the biggest problem is Damian Lillard. Just is it's Dame. It's eight for 22. Like they score at 128, but eight for 22, he had five assists, four turnovers. He's a minus five out there. CJ's a better passer than him. It's, 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 he's the problem. And you could say it's because CJ's back, right? And before CJ was there, blah, blah, this, that, the other. Or you could say it's Gary Trevor Norm, but they haven't beaten a team, obviously, as we know, better than them all year. And they are single handedly almost allowing the Grizzlies to have a better record than them. And so, and they haven't beat the Grizzlies yet. I, I don't know, you know. Hey man, it's really coming down to one player. And let's let's just go right to the other game, right? We're gonna go to Sunday because one thing for the Grizzlies to me, um, and the reason we're going over these games, by the way, guys, is because the Grizzlies were the eight seed and the Trailblazers were the sixth seed heading into the weekend, and that really flipped just because of these two games. And you go to this game, and I think with them, you know, it's all up in the air. 
who's the most important player, this, that, the other. Well, this game, Jaron Jackson didn't play. But what happened was Valanciunas was back. And what that meant was Nurkic couldn't go for 26. It's 16 and 19. Really good. But Valanciunas gave him 21. He's not Tillman. You know, he, to me, is a hugely important part of the team, obviously. I think he might be the guy who, who might be, other than, I guess, Ja. They're most important because he's just the big threat. It's kind of like they're, you know, Rudy Gobert, but a little quicker, and he can shoot. Um, he's not as good defensively, but he's just big, right? So you can't just bully him down low. So as you saw, they scored 128 the first game. This game, they lost 120 to 113. It was close again down the stretch. Um, but Nurkic couldn't quite dominate the same, so they didn't have as many points. Um, Norm, he had 17, 7 for 15. It wasn't like he was bad the other game either. He's just going to kind of do that. He's going to kind of give you 13, 17. Um, he's not going to explode as much as Ja, or as much as, as, much as Gary. Um, but, you know, that's kind of the give and take. You They were hoping for more defense. I don't think they're going to get it. They're not really guarding anybody. Um, but Ja Morant, he had 28. Interesting moment, Carmelo and Dylan Brooks were getting into it on the sideline. Um, they both got double techs. And then Carmelo in the fourth quarter came out. He had four straight threes because they were down by a lot. Then Dylan came back out. And he actually shot. He hit a couple because neither one of them were doing anything early in the game. And they started kind of going off in the fourth. But, again, to me, this game came down. Damian Lillard, 8 for 27, 23 points, minus 10. You know, CJ at 27. Um, he was 10 for 21 from the field. It's not great, but dude, come on, help us out, man. Like you're, we're calling you second in the MVP race. You gotta do, you got you have to do it. Um, and we gave Steph all that crap for not doing it. The one time for not scoring 30 one time in his last like 15 games. Right. Yeah. This is like back-to-back performances, 16 on the line playing game on the line and Dame's coming up small. So, Darnell, what were your thoughts on this one? Yeah, it's very disappointing for Damian Lillard to go 8 for 27 after, you know, struggling the previous game. You would expect him to have a bounce back game because he's just not someone that struggles often um, throughout his career. So, it's, it's weird to see him in the funk. You had 0-7 shooting for Robert Covington. So that's not great. You expect him to give you more than that. You expect him to make threes. He's supposed to be a three and D guy, but we know how hot and cold he can get. CJ, like you said, not great from the field, but he gave you 27 and he was a plus six. So that's a positive. And outside of that, nobody really played well. Um, Norman, Norman was seven to 15. He had 17, but he was a minus nine. Like you said, Damian Lillard was a minus 10 with his 23 points. And it really comes down to defense. And the the Blazers just don't guard people. And we know how many versatile scores that the Grizzlies have. They have John Morant, Jonas, Dylan Brooks. Some nights it might be Grayson Allen. And they have a nice rookie in Desmond Bain coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. And Xavier Tillman's giving them good minutes. And Brandon when Clark. Justin Jackson – yeah, Brandon Clark, and when and when Jaron Jackson is in that com- in that mix, it yeah. really just takes the Grizzlies to a whole nother level. And I'm impressed mm-hmm. with what I've been seeing from them as recent. And I think once he's in the starting lineup, the Grizzlies are going to be a team that not a lot of teams want to play in a play-in tournament scenario. Nope. I just 
the other thing as well, like like you point out, not only do they have a lot of versatile offensive players, but they have a lot of versatile defensive players as well. And I think yep. that's that's really the whole thing, right? Like they they can kind of they can switch, they can kind of do what the Lakers obviously did in the playoffs against them. And they, they can just switch a big on Dame for a little bit. Or Dylan Brooks is so good, he'll normally just slide over it and they'll push, you know, the screen and just push Dame into a tougher situation. Um or CJ in a tougher situation, but they're not going to let you get like a wide open look. And especially when Valanciunas is there, there's nothing easy down low for Nurkic because, you know, Nurkic was killing them that first game. I watched it and then I watched this game and Valanciunas is there. You know what I mean? Just there being big and right. just held them a little bit, you know, less. And that kind of killed their whole offense because now they couldn't go right to the paint. Um, so, yeah, for the Grizzlies, I mean, it just, like I said, man, I watched them play the Mavericks. I was like, yeah, I don't think the Mavericks want to play these dudes. I mean, you heard them all complaining about it. They're like, we don't want to lose the Grizz. But now you look at it, I don't think the Blazers want to play these dudes at all. They, they can't beat them. <laughs> like, they got it close um, in the fourth. They actually came from behind crazy because the one thing the Grizzlies will do is they will stall sometimes on offense in these crunch time situations um, simply because, you know, as, as good as Josh, he's not a closer yet. They don't really have one. Josh is still young. Um, so it's going to be a struggle for them to kind of end the games. But just throughout the game, they're just fast-paced. They, they go with a lot of speed. And it just causes problems for teams with defensive liabilities like the Mavericks or the Blazers or, you know, if they were to play them, the Warriors. So it's just going to be really interesting to see how that happens. But – I mean, yeah, like you said, man, I, I remember early in the season and I took it back because he started playing great, but Dame was playing the Clippers. I don't know if you remember this game. It mm-hmm. was like the fourth or third game. CJ was still there and CJ was going crazy at this point, mind you. I think I remember this game. And Dame did nothing. I'm talking like nothing. And I picked the – me and Dom were doing the picks then. I picked the Blazers to win because I was like, yeah, man, it's Dame. He wants his revenge. All this, that, the other, dude, and he just didn't shine. I was like, you know what, I'm done, because I was one of the, I was one of the foolish people who was like, man, they might be able to give the Lakers some sort of problems, and they gave them none. And I was like, well, that didn't look great. Um, and, and then that, and I was like, you know, why do I keep believing in this? Just because you know of one wave four years ago against Russell Westbrook. No offense, Russ, but you know, against Russell Westbrook and you know Paul George at the time, I. Uh, it's kind of like, all right, there's a huge shot. He's been clutch before, but we've also seen him fold an equal amount of times, you know. In that Nugget series, CJ carried. Um, saw him miss the free throws in the bubble, as great as he was. So it's like – and now he's in this playing situation. And I, you, can, you can point to, to be fair, he did come back off an injury. He might still be hurt, um, and they might have rushed him back because they didn't want to be in the situation, but they're in the situation regardless. It's just one of those, it's one, it's tough, right? It's like, if you're on the yep. court, can't use that excuse. So probably has something to do with that, but they've lost five in a row now. Um, And I want to say, yeah, that's the worst losing streak of any team in the top 10 in either conference right now. It's the worst of anyone in the league, except for the Thunder and the Magic. So that's how bad they're playing right now. And to make things worse. When I saw this, I was like, oh, these guys are in some serious trouble. 
They're they're in big trouble, man. Do you know their upcoming schedule, Darno? I don't. It's bad. They play in the next seven. The Pacers, Tuesday. That should be a win. The Grizzlies again, <laughs> Wednesday. Back to back. Hold on. So they play the Grizzlies Wednesday? Yes. I'm going to give them a win. They're not beating them. <laughs> they're not, they're not losing. They're not losing three straight to the Grizzlies, man. Yeah, they are. Jaron Jackson didn't even play last game, and Valentinus didn't play the first game. They're not losing three straight to the same team. Yeah, they are. Okay. Because at that point, the Grizzlies will have the same record, and then they'll have a better record if they beat them. And we know that the Trailblazers can't beat anyone with a better record than them. We know one thing about them. That's okay. All right, so you give them, you give them two wins. That's fine. I think they're going to lose that one. Then they play the Nets. That's <laughs> the, a loss. <laughs> Friday. The Celtics, <laughs> Sunday. That's a loss. The Hawks, Monday. That's a loss. Yeah. So it's it's really rough for them. And then after that, they play the Cavs and the Lakers. So who knows what the Lakers mm-hmm. will be at that point. Mm-hmm. That's going to be tough. And the Cavs, for some reason, like to keep trying. Um, yeah. They're, they're going to fight. They're going to lose, but they're going to fight to the end. <laughs> so, so, yeah. I mean, that's – that's the situation, and, you know, we'll get more into the standings later, but Trailblazers, man, seventh right now. Game and a half up of the 10th seed Warriors. Or, you know, the ninth seed Spurs as well. This, dude, ah, looking rough for them. But, hey, man, enough about gloom and doom for Portland. Darnell, what were your thoughts on any of the other um, Friday – Games, we're gonna go all the way back there. Start the weekend off. What were your thoughts on those? Yeah, um, uh, impressive night from Jason Tatum. He scored 38 against mm-hmm. Brooklyn, uh, but Brooklyn won the game 109 104. So I'm impressed by the recent stretch of run of Tatum. That's been impressive. There was no um, Jalen Brown that game, so that's an that's a kind of a built-in excuse, and we know how dangerous the Brooklyn Nets can be. Kyrie Irving only had 15 points, but he did have 11 assists, proving that he can be a point guard, even though he prefers not to be. Mm. So that's interesting to see, and just the depth of the Nets is impressive. The Hawks keep winning games. The Heat are struggling. They're not as bad as the Blazers, but they're only two games above 500 at 31 and 29. That's just not impressive. But the Hawks, they just seem to get it done. Um, impressive night from Bogdanovich. He had 21. He made five threes. He had eight assists. Looking at John Collins, he gave you 20 and eight. That's something that you expect to see. And they had Brandon Goodwin, Gallinari, and Lou Will all in double figures off the bench. So if they can get balanced scoring, even without Trey Young, they're not a team that's going to roll over. So the the Miami Heat have struggles that – or tro- they have problems that I don't even think that they can fix this season. And maybe – I don't know what's the status of Victor Oladipo. That was a, a – Hurt. Of, <laughs> that's yeah, the status. He's, <laughs> he's hurt. He always is. <laughs> he's hurt. He's always and, hurt. 
<laughs> and yeah, I think that's that was a swing that they they took, and I'm not mad that they did it, but he's just for me. He's for not free. the answer. Yeah. He's not the answer. That man and, really should have just taken his Houston Rockets contract, got the bag, let's <laughs> call it a career. That's could have. And the next game is the Clippers Rockets game was impressive, just because Paul George. Gave you 33 and 14 on mm-hmm. 27 shots, but nonetheless, without Kawhi Leonard out there, somebody's got to shoot it, and he shot it. And for the most part, they went in. But we know the Rockets are one of the worst teams in the league, so being the Rockets isn't something to cry home about. But you got impressive play by the two players that you expect from the Rockets, John Wall and Christian Wood. John Wall had 27 and 13. Christian Wood had 24 and 19. They both did, did it on the inefficient shooting, but those okay. are still numbers that are, you know, something that can be positive going into the future, even though they have the worst record in the league. So that stand stood out, and obviously the Hornets are winning games, standing stand in contention in the Eastern Conference with LaMelo Ball on the men. So that's, you know, something to watch out for. I think – he should be returning in the next week. So that's something that, you know, stood out to me. Yeah, um, really quick. So for the Celtics, there was no Kemba Walker as well. Um, yeah. That was big for them. Pritchard did score 22 off the bench, but they had to start Romeo Langford, and he went out there and he was a minus 26 in 19 minutes. So, damn, Romeo. Um, and he had to start because obviously no Kemba Walker. So it's kind of rough for them. One thing I will say, though, Marcus Smart, it's starting to lock people down again. Um, we saw him do a really good job on Devin Booker um, and the Suns, and that's why the Suns struggled against them. Um, held him to under 20, I think. It was the, like, the first time. Or Devin Booker never has had like three straight games under 20, but he had two, and part of that was because Mark Smart was like on him. Um, and I think Thighball was on him for us as well. So it makes a lot of sense. And um, Fournier played. Yeah, Fournier played. 0 for 7. Good job. (laughs) Killing it. Yeah, man, they about to take it. I mean, they they should just cut him. It's not going to play him. Um, And there's actually – I got more for that on Sunday. uh, Sunday, but yeah. Um, The Heat, I think they just – they just stink. And there's one simple reason. Um, Dom – by the way, Dom did point out – give him credit because he's not here. But he pointed out – the Kimball Walker thing, how he's the most important player. If he doesn't play, they, they really can't win. Just because they need his extra his, his ability to go through guards. And Andre Godala might have the worst contract in basketball, man. Because they can't not play him. But he just is useless. And you look at the starters, they were all like, there's some a minus six from Bam, plus five from Duncan. Then you look at the bench, and Goran and Tyler Hero are minus 20. But they didn't really play badly. And you just look at a dollar, 23 minutes, minus 17, 0 for 4. He had three blocks. But then you take a little gander and you see Gallinari had 17 off the bench, plus 13. And he was just cooking them. Now, that being said, Lou Williams and Goodwin, they were cooking the Heat guards off the bench too. It's not like Tyler and Drogic are great defenders. Um, but Iguodala can't score at all. So you just, you just going to not be able to score and let Gallinari score 17 and you lose by 15 
well. And that's that's really the whole problem with the Heat right now is mm-hmm. they lost Jay Crowder. And Ariza would be perfect in the, in the backup. You know what I mean? Iguodala dollar roll. He's a really good starter for them because he can shoot. But that's the issue, right? Is like yep. they they need he can replace Crowder, but Igadala got worse. <laughs> and so <laughs> and that's just going to continue to be a, an issue for them. Um, yeah, like you said, you know, the Clippers win. I'm not gonna sneeze at any Clippers win because they keep winning, right? They beat the yep. Grizzlies with their bench. Any win you get is big. They almost beat us, just Paul George. So Kawhi's is relaxing and they're winning games, so there's no chemistry issues. So, hey man, good job from the Clippers. Uh, Russ went off, played this, played the Thunder at 37. So you know, all the Russ fans in my face about that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a good night of basketball Friday. So, Darnell, what did you see Saturday? Because man, oh man, there were some things going on. Yeah, first I'm start with the Denver Nuggets win over the Rockets, 129-116. And Michael Porter Jr. went out there, scored 39. He hit eight threes on eight of 12 from the field, or eight for eight of 12 from three. You got 24-12-8 and eight from Jokic. And Aaron Gordon is just – he was a plus 16 with seven points. He hasn't been a scorer that a lot of people probably thought he would be. But he's just been a glue guy. And, you know, that's something that they need. So if they can get elevated play from Michael Porter, he's going to have to do this more consistently for them to win games because without Jamal Murray, there's just not a lot of scoring on this team. And they're going to need more from Austin Rivers. Obviously, the Rockets didn't have – they didn't have Christian Wood. They didn't have John Wall. So they're not going to win that game. So that's that that on that. And the Mavericks – Got that 108-93 win over the Lakers. They were led by Dorian Finney-Snow. Dwight Powell with 25. Dorian Finney-Smith had 21. Luka had 18. No Kristaps Porzingis. So the Mavericks are, you know, obviously, obviously we know the Lakers aren't a healthy team, even though they did have Andre Drummond and Anthony Davis playing 28 minutes. 29 minutes, 30 minutes for Drummond. Without LeBron out there, the Lakers are – they have a ceiling because someone has to get these guys shots in better position because they can't do it themselves. And I'm not uh, – even though he had 10 assists and two turnovers, I'm not the biggest proponent of Schroeder's playmaking ability. I don't think it's at the level that it needs to be for this team to be led by Anthony Davis like they need to be. So – that's my thought on that game. Wait, really and quick. Let's, can we stay on this for a second? I'm really confused. Yeah. Ben McLemore played 29 minutes in the starting lineup. That was a plus zero. Schroeder played 37, so like eight more minutes, and was a minus 27. AD, How does that make sense? I don't know. So Ben McLemore was like the only reason they were in the game because he did have five fouls. I guess he was. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Yeah, I don't know. Ben McMahon actually played well for the Rockets last year, so I don't know why it took him this long to really find out. Um, I, we could have taken him. But anyway, um, the big issue to me is Anthony Davis, man. I mean, you know, he just came back, but he was playing badly early in the season as well. Five and 19, mm-hmm. 
you know, minus 19. All, we see, all of six from the three-point line. Like, yikes. And we've seen KD go in and out, in and out of the lineup. And we'll talk about him later. But he doesn't have drop-offs. So, you know, right. we, we've kind of just been, like, not mentioning how Lakers have been injured. We've kind of been mentioning how the Nets have been hurt or, you know, not playing, however you want to see that. Um, but, hey, man, it could be a, a kind of an issue. Um, you know, if AD can't really get it going, and back-to-back losses to the Mavericks mean they're getting closer and closer to, you know, that sixth seed where you don't really want to be. Now, thanks to the Blazers, they're not really in playing trouble yet, but I think, mm-hmm. you know, we all know the obvious. LeBron's got to come back. But I think AD's got AD's got to play better, period. I play better than 5 and 19. Can't do that. It's awful. Yep. But go ahead, sorry. All right. Outside of that, obviously, we had the the Spurs just keep winning games. 110-108 over New Orleans. Fuck the Pelicans, Zion, bro. Zion had 33-14. But the, the Pelicans just can't – they can't they win games. They stay – they're not good at – they're not a good team. They suck. And <laughs> pretty much. The Knicks keep winning games on the opposite end of that. And – some reason the Raptors are slowly falling into tanking territory. I didn't think that I would see that from the Raptors so soon, but here we are. I want to see the standings. Where are the Raptors? They're not tanking. They actually have been playing decent. They're like but 12. They've been yeah. five and five in their last time. They really haven't been bad. They beat the Nets yeah. recently. It was mm-hmm. just and they were they were beating the Knicks for a little bit. I saw. Anyway, I wasn't watching it, but I saw it. And the Knicks just came out, I think, in the third quarter. It's crazy. And something and that was a fourth. It was a fourth, yeah. Yeah. Because I think in the third, the Raptors actually took the lead, and the Knicks came back in the third and to tie it. And then in the fourth, they just they started going crazy. Started going mm-hmm. nuts. Um, but, yeah. I, I, I Hey, man, the, the Knicks, I have – Randall's 31 points. Yep. 31 points for Julius Randle, man. Like another one, another gem of the game. Let me see how many rebounds and assists he had. Damn. 31 points, 10 rebounds. Something crazy. Right. Gary Trent, 19 minutes, minus 33. Ouch. <laughs> now, that probably has more to do with. All right. He's, he was playing with Gillespie and Wannabe, who were both minus 20s. Like not big. Wananabe, my bad. <laughs> Every time I listen to a podcast and they pronounce names wrong, it like I cringe a little bit. Wannabe, hey man, do something. <laughs> What's your name? This is, this is our theory, man. You do something, we will gladly slam you, but pronounce your name correctly. You gotta do something other than get dunked on, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised that people are still talking about him because I thought it was really going to be the end of his career after that dunk. But he's been playing decent. Like Has he's he? getting minutes. Yeah, he's, he's getting playing, minutes. He's getting minutes. I I didn't think he was an NBA player. Like, but obviously I, mean, I was wrong. We're going to be seeing a lot of Utah Watanabe. Does he look like one to you? He's out there 14 minutes on minus 22. What is he doing exactly? Yeah, good point. <laughs> <laughs> getting cooked by Obi Toppin. It's not a great. It's not a great sign. Um, I'm gonna just. I'm gonna just say this about Obi Toppin. Oh my god! I was someone that loved Obi 
I didn't love Obi, but I like the potential of Obi at the next league, at the next level. But his hips and the way he moved scared the living daylights out of me. So I'm glad that my team didn't take him and he fell to the Knicks. What did y'all take instead? We took Isaac Okoro. He's a work in progress. I can't <laughs> yet. He's a work in progress. Okay. I didn't but, say anything. I I mean, I know what comes next. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be all thankful y'all didn't say go be top and then come back with that, man. Like, I know. He's a work, he's a work in progress, man. What do you want me to say? He's a good defender right now, but he is a good offense, defender. His offense is coming along. So he has some potential. And uh, obviously, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Milwaukee went in 132-94. No Joel Embiid. So not really much to take away from that game. Outside of the fact that the, the Bucks just have everybody on their roster. They have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten players off the bench getting minutes. Like, that's the entire roster. I don't think I've seen that probably all season. I mean, they were blowing us out. <laughs> we're an entire team. I know they were, but still, like, the entire roster play. Usually you have players that don't dress. Even the players that didn't dress got dressed. <laughs> they Everyone played, played and scored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's obviously you got to point that out. But I think the biggest thing of the night was Minnesota's win over Utah, one on one ninety six. Anthony Edwards twenty three in the starting lineup. D'Angelo Russell's continuing to come off the bench. He gave him 23, 24 and twelve from Carl Anthony Towns, and they have a they have a big three in the making. So I'm liking what I've seen out of Minnesota as of late. Obviously, without Donovan Mitchell. The Jazz have limited options offensively. It's a lot of pressure on Jordan Clarkson. You need, you know, Bogdanovich or yeah, Bogdanovich to go off. He had 30, but still wasn't enough. Mike Conley, the all-star, should be carrying this team, but obviously, you know, should he? That 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 wasn't an all-star. So that wasn't an all-star year for Mike Conley. I love Mike Conley. Ohio State legend, but no. Not this night. No. Conley's the whole issue. How is he supposed to carry the team? I'm saying because if he's if he's the all star, you expect if one all star goes out, you have another one, or you have two more that they would be able to hold it down. But we know that Mike Conley was he would have been the last pick. The issue is is all star Jordan Clarkson went out there and he was five of sixteen. So, but he's not an all star. But he should have been man. But he was. He is their all-star. Definitely is. Yeah. Over Mike Conley, honestly. Yes. Completely, yes. And if they're both going to struggle, then, yeah, it's not going to win. Ingles also can't go out there one and nine. They they all played badly. But, hey, man, we know what their fate is. So, Mm I actually want to go back to the Sixers-Bucks games. I had had a lot of takeaways. Go ahead. And interestingly – not negative because the Sixers actually fought in this game longer than they should have to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually watched it uh, till about halftime. Then they went at halftime. The Bucks were like, all right, dude, can we just – and then they're like, okay. Um, but real quick for the Bucks, I, I don't understand why Thanasis doesn't play. He really went out there in 11 minutes. It was a plus 15. 
with 4.6 rebounds, three offensive, and five assists. I don't know what you want the man to do or why he can't get minutes. I kind of understand it because you want P.J. Tucker's shooting threat. But – and P.J. Tucker might be a bit of a better defender, but the Nassus really does create a lot of havoc. But one thing – I don't know if you saw this. If you look at the stats, Chris Middleton, mm-hmm. four points, 0 for 6. They finally, well, they decided to put thigh ball on him. And for a stretch. Early in the game, I believe it was just, it was like they were struggling a little bit. Giannis was scoring. Giannis and Drew were kind of attacking. Um, so Middleton just wasn't getting shots up. But then when they went to that bench unit where it's just Middleton in there, they had thigh ball on him. And he shut him down. He really – Middleton couldn't do anything. Like, he couldn't shoot. He got to the foul line and hit, hit, hit free throws, but he didn't make a shot. He was just fumbling the ball around. Because, you know, if he has to go to the paint, then it's, he's not a great finisher. Um, he's a great shooter. And we just took that right away from him. So, me and my friend were talking. And I've developed – this is free. Doc Rivers, please – Listen to this. It's going to sound crazy. <laughs> this is it's probably because it is crazy. It, hey, right. man, this is what their starting lineup <laughs> should be in the playoffs. Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, Thibault, George Hill, Corkmans. You're crazy. Off the bench. Hear me out. You're, off the you're bench. Crazy. Off the bench. Maxi, Shake, Danny Green, Tobias Harris, Dwight Howard. You're take crazy. take Seth out the rotation. I'm tired of him. Take him out the rotation. Dwight can barely stay. I honestly, I'm debating Dwight or Mike Scott. So it depends on the team because Dwight Howard just he can score sometimes. He just gets killed. Bobby Porras is, is going to kill him all series. I can see it now. There's no yeah. answer for that. None. Mike Scott can at least be there enough to do something, maybe. Mm-hmm. But Dwight's going to get killed by Bobby Porter's all series. And that might be the reason we lose. Um, I wish Dom was here. Of course, he he ran away because he knew that uh, the Bucks are a huge problem for us, right? No, we didn't have oh, yeah. players. Blah, 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 blah. That's all fine. Wasn't expecting us to win this game. I actually saw things that actually seemed positive, but I'm tired. Danny Green, I was borderline about to take him out of the rotation. He can stay in over Seth because he can. he's a little taller. I guess he can play more defense. But I'm tired of watching this team shoot mid-range jumpers. It's pissing me off. Um, also, Maxie. I just love I just love Maxie. He really – I don't care he went over five from deep. He at least shoots it. Die ball has to just shoot threes. I, I'm over it. But him and, him and Shake together off the bench, you saw they, they were the only people who could score this game. Um, Tobias at nine minus 21. I'm crazy. So tell me, tell me exactly why it is that I am crazy. Because you're trying to take, you're trying to take the second best scorer off this, out of the starting lineup and put him on a bench. Like, I don't get how you put Tobias Harris on the bench. Because this whole time, he's the one that doesn't fit. I think for this team, the issue that they have against all these teams, you watched, watched it happen a couple times. You've been paying attention. 
um, and I know you have, they can't guard guards, right? Like Ben Simmons is great, but you'd rather him on a forward. You know what I mean? Yeah. Really, really quick guards you have problems with. He's too tall to guard that Yeah, low. exactly. Except when thigh ball plays, right? Yeah. So if if you if you can take away that guard, and then I put Korkmaz out there because he's the one dude on the team who's hitting shots and he's the most willing to take them. Like I'm tired of watching Seth get an open look and then just dribble for a mid-range jumper. I don't need that. I need you to shoot the three. I really do. <laughs> you shouldn't have 11 shots and have six of them be inside the paint. We, that's not what we need you to do, dude. It's not why we brought you here. Just shoot the three. Danny went out there one for five. What, am I, well, what the hell is that? He airballed one. I was like, dude, come on. So if they're both just going to be ass, just take Seth out the rotation. Because he, he either has to start or he can't be in the rotation. But George Hill can take his minutes. George Hill plays better defense. He's a bit more of a, he's a bit more of an attacker, um, better passer to me. So, yeah, you know, let George Hill start. I let Korkmaz out there just to jack up some threes. I let J.J. Redick roll. Thighball can guard the other per- person. Ben, Ben and Thighball both out there defensively would then that, – that, that's the only way. And, and the, the real issue, obviously, is Ben Simmons. If he's going to be out there, to me, you have to be special defensively, right, to win. Mm-hmm. You can't just be good. You can't even just be like top five. You have to be far and away the best because he can't shoot. He can't shoot and he has no moves. I'm watching Giannis over and over again do the same move, right? It's the same spin, yeah. different shoulder, whatever. But guess what? He at least has a move. He has one and it works. Fuck it. It's going to work. Ben doesn't have any yeah. moves. So. It just kills the whole offense, so you got to be special defensively. And I know what you mean. Pius is the best scorer, yada, yada, yada. I just don't think there's any there's any way he can match up to like, – like, say you start him against the Bucks, right, and you don't play th- – or you don't start that ball. I think the only way we can beat them is if we put Ben on Middleton, right, and right. just let Giannis do whatever. That That's the adjustment that I would make for that I, I would still want Ben on Giannis so I kind of want to start both of them but if you put Ben on Chris you have to right you have to just take away the shots and you saw it this game I mean it was close for a half because they took away shots now obviously their depth sent more people you know it was really Bobby going crazy and Giannis obviously going out there no beat, so we couldn't match up with that um but defensively I say do it or I just put Ben on Chris. Now, the reason I would want that starting lineup going forward is because against the Nets, <clears throat> I think there's really no answer, but <laughs> I think you just had to put thigh ball on James Harden, put Ben on KD, and just let Kyrie go off. Because there's no answer for him. I, I saw thigh ball on him. He can't guard him. So. <laughs> yeah, not a chance. Doesn't matter. Um <laughs> Those are my takeaways, though, from that. Um, now, Sunday, I'm going to jump right into it. I'm going to go right to the big one. The Nets and the Suns, man, it's a huge takeaway for me. 
Um, you can speak on this right after. Uh, but it's just KD came back and he just was unstoppable off the bench. 33. Um, we saw him not play the first quarter, just like he did, I think, against the Pelicans. Um, but then he came in and just dominated. No one had any answers because, duh, he is Kevin Durant. And he just made everything. And just him and Kyrie just were out there just being the best players. Um, Blake Griffin was really good as well. The fact that Blake Griffin really was third, I was like, yeah, this is – this is, yeah, I don't know what to do about this. And, and the whole time, obviously, you have to think in the back of your head, like, James Harden isn't here. And the Suns were playing everyone. They had everyone out there. Everyone but Crowder um, was out there. But it's, Cam Johnson wasn't bad. Um, Aiton really – you, you see, you know, Aiden, how good he could be. 20 points, 13 rebounds. He was kind of eating them inside a little bit early. Yeah, um, eight offensive rebounds. Damn, yeah. Eight offensive rebounds is crazy. Torrey Craig off the bench is going to be big for them as a forward because mm-hmm. um, he can kind of, you know, he can be like a downsized forward, so he can be like a shooting guard, I guess you'd say out there, because Javon Carter can't can't be out there in the playoffs. I'm sorry. Can't go one for seven to be out there in the playoffs. But if Craig Probably, was out there yeah. – do you think Sarge plays over Carter in the playoffs? Sarge didn't play. That's another player that didn't care. Yeah, Sarge would play over Carter as well. And then you you would just make Craig like the, the three, basically, right? Like I think yeah. of all the people playing, I think Carter wouldn't play and probably Kaminsky would probably not be out there just because of the defense. Mm-hmm. Although I like Kaminsky a little more than Cam Johnson, but Cam Johnson's just higher upside, so they're gonna play him. Yep. Um because Kaminsky's more like a backup five actually at this point, but yeah, Carter probably not in committee, probably going to be out of the lineup. But I mean, for the Suns, I mean, you saw Devin Booker, he had 36, tried, did everything he could. It's just, you know, the Nets are just better, and that's fine. I, I'm not going to diss the Suns for this one. I guess yeah. can't do it. But um, you have any thoughts, takeaways on this one? Yeah, after the game, they asked, him, they asked Kevin Durant, did he think that this was uh, – kind of a litmus test for them he said no I think this was a or if this was a litmus test for the Nets he said no I think it was a litmus test for them it was more for the Suns like okay yeah we're not on that level yet we're a good team we're a good story but we're not on that level and I think that's the difference between the Suns and the Nets I think the Nets are that good the Suns have been a good story I'm not dissing them in any any, any way shape or form but no. they're just not one of the elite teams in the league. I think when you look at elite teams, honestly, it's probably only three or four, maybe four. If you want to can if you want to count a healthy Lakers team. So yeah, who is aren't who, who are your who elite are your teams? Elite? I have I have the Lakers, I have the Nets, I have the Bucks, and I'm gonna put the Sixers in there. I think you omitted a team. I'm, I'm I'm thinking about the Clippers, but I put the Clippers over the, way, the Sixers right now. To be honest with you, okay, I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah, the way the Sixers have been I, playing as of late, I can't. But I just kind of wanted to give the Sixers a little credit for the way they played this season to consider them elite. I'll actually, I'll, I'll, I'll I don't want to make them not an elite team. I'll make it five because I actually think that a Sixers Bucks series is going six or seven. So if you're gonna call mm-hmm. one of them elite. Kind of call the other one elite to me. Um, but the Clippers, I think, are I, 
it's like I want to say the Clippers are better than both of them, but it's also I just know if they played, Giannis or Embiid would just eat them alive. So it's kind of hard to tell, right? Um, but but yeah, I, I definitely I agree with that. And the Suns aren't there, Jazz aren't there. It's kind of interesting that you that we both have three East teams in there and two West teams, even though we think the West is a better conference. I think the Nuggets, obviously, before Jamal got hurt, would be considered an elite team. I would have definitely considered them that because I thought they were better than the Clippers even. But I, I never thought they were better than the Clippers. I thought the Clippers blew it last year more so. They beat the than... Clippers by 20 recently. But I get your point. I get I mean, I still saying. have more if if I was to say if they had to re if they had to run it back in the playoffs, I'm picking the Clippers. I mean, I would now. Yeah. I mean I mean if if everyone was healthy for the Nuggets, I'm still picking the Clippers. I think Aaron Gordon on Kawhi is is really would have been really something. Because he would have yeah. just been able to slow him down enough. Now that being said, Rondo's there too, so that changes a lot. Rondo yeah, really does, does make them so much better, um, whether he plays or not. <laughs> 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 but um, real quick, there's just one more uh, Sunday game that kind of caught my eye. Um, well, two more, actually. Um, the first one was this: the Celtics getting slapped around uh, by the Hornets. 125-104. Again, no LaMelo ball. Um, Devontae Graham, he had 24. Scary Terry went out there. He had 21. Uh, Bridges, he had 20. Tough weekend, by the way, for me, man, knowing um, just watching, you know, watching Miles go off and then watching Michael Porter Jr. with 39 and just remembering that we picked, we picked Zaire Smith for no reason over those two players. None. <laughs> no reason at all. I'll never forget it. It might be the move that ends the whole franchise, honestly. It might really be the one. When you consider that those guys could have just given us 20 and just been like, I don't know, forwards who can score, which is like who can shoot and score, which is kind of the one issue we haven't fixed ever. It hurts. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, was I mean, telling you about – I remember I was telling you about Miles Bridges before he got drafted. And – I agreed with – Here well, we are. I, well, the thing is, is I didn't agree with you because you know who I wanted. You know who I wanted. We, we were both right is the crazy thing. I don't actually know who's better. I wanted – no, I wanted – if you remember back, I wanted Michael Porter Jr. on Cavs. Yeah, you did want – yeah. Who did you I wanted him. We took Colin Sexton. Fair. I mean, yeah. Can't really argue with that one. Yeah, I'm not mad at the yeah. results, but I wanted Michael Porter Jr. for sure. So did I, man. I was like, man, if you just gonna have to sit here, that'd be fun. I mean, hey, man. Ugh. Anyway, Ugh. one of the most dumb things ever. But one of the, the things for me with the Celtics in this one was you look at the lineup and everyone played. Everybody played. Everyone played and they got smoked. <laughs> so everyone played with Jalen. Jalen came back in the starting line. He said, you know what? I have to get back in rhythm. He shot 22 times. And Missed a lot of them. Nobody really hit. Um, one thing I did think that was very interesting, though, as because I was taking a lot out of this from the Hornets, and we know they're basically a play-in team now just because, obviously, there's been no Gordon Hayward and there's been no LaMelo Ball, so they're just, you know, in that position. Um, but they really can get in. They can beat 
whoever the seventh seed is. We just saw them obviously shellac Celtics. The Heat don't look that good. And um, I mean, I, I really think it's just as simple as they're, they're tall enough and athletic enough to guard everybody, right? Um, so that's interesting. They We haven't really talked a lot about them, um, but Zeller has been now out of the rotation. They keep making these adjustments, moves, obviously stay in there. But now that we look at it, Zeller's out of the rotation. Biombo's off the bench. So they start Martin, really, and P.J. Washington at the five. And that kind of adds way more spacing for their offense. That's why they were able to score. They had a season-high 39 assists. Like, nice. so when when LaMelo and Gordon come back, I think they definitely want to keep that starting five. You can probably put um, probably Bridges back on the bench and Graham back on the bench. And they would fit in uh, very, very well there. And uh, they would be grooving. Also, one thing I didn't notice until the game, I don't know how or when this happened. Wanamaker somehow made his way from Warriors to the Hornets. I don't remember that happening at all, but played for them. 24 minutes, 12 points. Do you remember that happening? I have no recollection. Yeah, I have no clue when that happened. (laughs) When the hell did that happen? (laughs) It actually makes sense to why the Warriors are a little better because Jordan Poole has the ball more. Um, and Watermaker can't really shoot, so he can't really like stretch the floor. But for the Hornets, he, he works. Played, so. He's played 14 games with the Hornets. When? We just don't. We just haven't paid attention to the Hornets since LaMelo went out at all. But they've been winning, so I guess we should have been looking at why. And I think mm-hmm. they get LaMelo back, and hopefully they'll get Gordon Hayward back. You look at these teams, man, the Hornets and the Grizzlies, they're, it's really going to leave us. I think they're both going to win one of these games. Mm-hmm. And it's going to leave us in a situation where either the Blazers or the Warriors slash like the Heat or the Wizards, one of those, they're going to be out. Because I think I think the Hornets and Grizzlies are kind of too good to lose two in a row. Just because they're so balanced, they're really like, it would, it would require Jimmy Butler and Bam or Bradley and Russell to both go off. You know what I mean? To beat like the Hornets. Or it would require Dame and CJ or Steph just going insane, you know, to beat the Grizzlies. That's why I'm hoping I don't th- I don't think the Wizards can. They're kind of too far back, like three games back. But I'm hoping that the Warriors climb up. Because you know, we were, we would rather see obviously, you know, the stars and the buffs. But the Grizzlies and Grizzlies and Hornets, man, they fought hard for this position and i think if they get two chances at it i think they're going to lose both of them I really don't it's yeah. going to be it's going to lead to some very interesting scenarios um definitely so yeah play and tournament excited about that get it ah it's like 22 days away i think so that's exciting um but my, my last takeaway from sunday was the hawks and the bucks the hawks end up winning it's a big Big game, really, for the Sixers. Because if the Bucs would have won that, they still would have been one back and they would have held the tiebreaker. But no Trey Young, and the Hawks still end up winning. Um, and and one thing I, one thing me and Don were talking about, the Steelers don't want to talk about this. I was, like, watching the Bucs play, right? And I'm like, bro, this team is, like, as, as bad as I thought they were managed. Drew Holiday changes so much for them simply because he's big enough to switch. Right. I'm glad y'all finally coming around on Drew Holiday. There was a point where you said that he should be coming off the bench. And I wanted to just 
jump through the screen and just shake you and wake you up. But here we are. I'm glad you came around. Whatever, man. Well, the whole, the, <laughs> the whole, the, the dude I think should come off. The, well, here's the reason. I don't know if you remember this. This was back when they had DJ Augustine. So, yeah. DJ Augustine was going to play. He had to start or else he couldn't play. If you start him and there's Giannis out there, it's not as bad. Or I was like, they should start Brent Forbes, you know. It, but they're not going to start either one of them. The, the big thing is to me, they should bench DiVincenzo, who was a minus 18, 30 minutes. But they kind of can't do that. Well, they could, but they won't do that. Um, no, they're not. They're not going to do that. He's been a bench player. It worked, but they're not going to do that. So whatever, I guess. You know, he's clearly the whole problem in the starting lineup. Whatever. This is so my, my point actually was that as bad as I thought they were generally managed, I'm now fully moving over. So they are just badly coached. Um, and Boonhoser is an idiot. And that's it. Because why is the NASA's playing only four minutes? Um, why is DiVincenzo still starting? He's clearly the worst starter. And he doesn't give them he doesn't give them any explosive, you know what I mean? Spurtability. Yeah. Like Forbes can give you 20 in the starting lineup. He really can. He's gonna be out there shooting oh, yeah. threes. He was, he's also a plus 12 in 14 minutes. And you would think he'd be getting killed out there, but he really does try on defense. Now, uh for the Hawks, they, they led the way because Bogdanovich had 32. And I was thinking about it, man. And I really was, I really was like, dude, the Bucs really might have won a championship if Bogdanovich didn't just say no. Like if he'd have just gone there for Dante, if you really look at it, you start him, they they really would be a complete issue they would have two depending on what you think brook is maybe three deadly shooters around Giannis and drew and no yeah. real defensive liabilities because bogdanovich as we've seen can guard that was a nice pickup man really was i get i don't know why he didn't want to go to milwaukee i don't either actually to be completely honest with you I didn't know he had that much clout where he could just say no to Milwaukee, but he said no to Milwaukee. And, I mean, he's, he's on Atlanta. And, and as we've seen, man, Atlanta stinks when he's not there. Yeah. But since, but since he's come back, you know, even in a couple of games without Trey, he's literally leading the way. I mean, you weren't – you obviously weren't with us early, but I was saying, I was like, man, the Hawks are about to be the one seed in this league because they came out there 7-1, and one, and they really couldn't be stopped. Because you have Bogdanovich and Horder doing what they're doing now, which is just shooting and scoring. Um, and then you have like Rondo off the bench. And then they had two players who still aren't there in Hunter and Reddish. And when you think about that, like I don't know if they're ever going to come back this year. But if Hunter and Reddish come back, I don't think anyone really wants to play the Hawks. Now, the thing is, is they would be playing against the Knicks, and that would be interesting. I think they'd beat the Knicks with Hunt, with obviously Hunter and Reddish. Hunter and Reddish really take them to another level because then those, those are your wing defenders, and yeah. you don't have to start Solomon Hill. You really don't have to play Solomon Hill, actually. You have nope. both of them. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, I said it. I was yeah. disagreeing with you. Yeah. Gallinari too. Like it was like I think they I, I if I remember correctly, they might have had Gallinari and Bogdanovich both off the bench. 
and it was just it was unfair. Yeah, they did because they had they had Trey Porter, Collins, Hunter Capella starting, and then Bogdanovich and Gallinari off the bench, just shooting threes, just raining them down, and and Rondo at that point. Yep. It was just distributing. And so it, it all really worked out. And Cam Reddish, too. Yeah, they're, they're really a good team. So I'm interested to kind of see what happens with that. Um, happy for them and the Knicks. They're distancing themselves from that playing situation. They're both two up. Um, but let's talk about it because two guys to me who I think are entering the MVP discussion, one who should, but he, he lost this game um, to the Hawks. I think Giannis. I think if Giannis got to the one seed, mm-hmm. it would be a, it would be really interesting. I don't think they're going to get there, maybe because now the Nets are trying. To, now the Nets realize that the Sixers are completely folding, and they're like, "All right, let's just get the one seed. They just won't give it to us." You know, yeah. The Sixers have lost four in a row. They've won two in a row because they 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 lost to us almost on purpose. <laughs> the best way you can describe it. That's the last game we won. So, no, the last game we won was actually the Clippers game where they didn't have Kawhi. But still, it's like, damn, and we've just lost four rounds. And they lost, they struggled a little bit, but they're like, all right, you know, Katie's just sitting there like, oh, I mean, you know, my thigh doesn't hurt anymore. I'll play. You know, that's a problem. And so I think Giannis is slowly climbing in there, but I really think, and I'm willing, he, he might, he might be in my top three now. Julius Randle. I this can't be denied anymore. They've won nine straight. He's literally scoring like 30, 40. It's going crazy. I'm gonna look at the standings. Where are the Knicks? They're fourth. The Knicks are in the one, two, three, four, five seed. Fourth or fifth. Well, they're 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 yeah. tight with Atlanta for fourth. Yeah. He should be in the conversation. I'm not mad at that. Should be in the conversation. Yeah. So I'm saying. I wouldn't I wouldn't put him as high as three, but I would say he should be in the conversation. And B keeps missing games, man. Like I'm sorry. I it's, uh, and B keeps missing games and to make it worse, it's not just that he's missing games. Is that when he does play without Simmons, we're seeing that they're both equally valuable. Yeah, That's you can't so under yeah, I agree with that. But, okay, but that's the thing. If we're going to put him in the conversation with, like, Jokic, who's been missing Jamal Murray for a while, and he's missing him now, and they're still winning enough, right? Um, mm-hmm. Like uh, Steph, who has nobody. Yeah. He's got Draymond. If, he, if they don't have Draymond, they're not going to win, but everybody else can be hurt on that team. And, and um, But Draymond scores, like, two. You know, he scored two. And <laughs> Like last game, <laughs> so like whatever, and then you've Julius Randle, who you know it's been a rotating circle around him, but he hasn't missed any games. That's the thing with those three right now is they really haven't missed at all, and they've been doing it while other people have been out. You know, so it's yeah. like that's why I would say that Embiid's been better, but this is my personal. I don't think I don't think that would be like the official ranks. That's my personal like thoughts on it right now, right? I can beat the better player than Julius Randle, but as far as sing value in a singular season, the Knicks should at no point. Now this is obviously current bias. They should at no point go on a nine-game winning streak at all. There's just no way. 
Josh yeah. Reynolds carried them with a nine-game winning streak. I can't do anything with that. And the crazy thing, they didn't really do anything different this no. year than last year besides Tibbs. Oh. Again, Derrick Rose. Like, that's it. I did there were a it. team that won 20 games last year. Yeah. Derrick Rose is a huge <laughs> – obviously. Um, I did see one thing, though. Mm-hmm. Well, real quick, actually. Derrick Rose, had he had he been there earlier, he probably would seriously be in six-man consideration. I think he's been there long enough. But like, No, nah, he hasn't been there long enough. I still think Clarkson would win it. But Derrick Rose is really coming out. He, he's been huge for them recently um, since he obviously came back from that little injury he had. Um, but, not, I mean, just one thing I saw recently about Randall was that his three-point shooting percentage went up from, like, 30 to, like, 42 this year. And that, like, obviously changed everything. And you see now he has, like, he's got what we all kind of are hoping Zion is able to develop because Zion is just faster, bigger, stronger than Randall. Not much stronger, not too much faster. He's much quicker, but he's got like, he's got that. But the thing that Randall has now is Randall has the smoothness to his game. He's just been in the league longer. So he just has those mid-range jumpers. He has three-point, he has three-point shot now, and he can get to that mid-range whenever he wants and just hit it. And what it means is, like, you, there's really no way to stop him, you know, most of the time um, because he's just going to be to be stronger than you or he's just going to get to that shot. And Just, just for context, uh, Julius Randle shot 27.7% from three last year. He's shooting 41.6% this year. Yeah, that's just crazy. So that's, that's a just, crazy job. That's just pure hard work, man. And, mm-hmm. you know. Giannis, hopefully, one of these years he'll have a jump like that. He keeps trying at it. You see him keep shooting him. Um, he weirdly – you know what the weird thing about Giannis is? I would actually put him up there with the random – obviously, I have to put a beat in it. But Giannis can't win it again anyway. But the strange thing about him is whenever I watch them play, he somehow always, always hits one that is kind of like a dagger. It's very weird. Like – he always seems to hit the one that's like, damn it. Like, yeah, like he like gave every, you that shot to miss. Yeah. And you made it. It's it's almost like a, it's almost like everyone, including Giannis, forgot that he's been working on it. Yeah. And he just he he always does it when he's in rhythm. Like he'll never he'll never just do it randomly. He'll always do it after he starts, you know, getting some layups, getting the free throw line, whatever. But then he'll just like it, it was the game against the Sixers. He did. He's done it twice to us now, by the way. But it was the one, the last one he was playing against Embiid. And I was just like, all right, you know, it was like a struggle, a tug of war. You know, he just hit, he had Embiid with a crazy spin move in the left. And I was like, damn, yeah, I was kind of trying to take over the game here. We missed. And he just walked into one. And I was like, oh, fuck. And it, it just went in. And I was like, damn it. Damn it, man. And then I'm in this group chat with a bunch of people who just said that Giannis is unskilled. And I was like, why is this unskilled player hitting threes on my MVP? <laughs> like, <laughs> meanwhile, obviously, you already know where I'm going with this, my anger. There's one dude in the league who just doesn't care. <laughs> he will not shoot a three. He will not work on it, ever. Yeah. And that's why we're never going to win anything. But, hey, man, 
kudos to Julius, kudos to, you know, Giannis, kudos to everyone else out there for learning, trying <laughs> to hit three-point shots. Kudos to Bam, because he's going to be the next guy who tries to do it, you know. <laughs> kudos to Zion, because he's going, to be, he's going to try to do it too. Everyone's going to attempt it. Everyone's at least going to give it a try. Except one guy. He said, I'm going to do everything else. I'm just not going to oh. shoot. He doesn't even – hey, man, we've, we've long said it. He doesn't have to be a three-point shooter. He really just has to have a mid-range jumper. He really just needs – he doesn't even need that. I'm actually past the point of that. You know what I want Ben Simmons to have? What? A spin move. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a spin move in a Euro, bro. Give me a spin in a Euro, and you know what? I don't care. <laughs> I didn't know that he didn't have a spin move. Dude, he doesn't have any moves, bro. <laughs> he had his move is literally go to the paint too fast. And put his shoulder down. Yes. Yeah. Put his shoulder down and just run into you. But then do it too fast. Because he can't. Here's the thing, right? Uh, Even like like you see how Zion has the touch. Mm-hmm. Zion will go too fast, but but he also can he can slow down. Zion, yeah. first off, Zion's different. Zion don't go too fast and dunk on you. So that's the thing about that. Zion's one of the most nimble athletes that I've ever seen. Yeah. So he can do that, but he can also, like, slow down. And he can he can go to, like, a small, you know what I mean? A small little hook. Small little – Ben has none of it. None of that. None of that at all. None of it whatsoever. Like, like he just doesn't have it. He doesn't have any slow down, hook, you know what I mean? Floater, spin. Doesn't have a euro. He literally has no moves. I mean, yeah, you're right. It shouldn't. It shouldn't surprise anybody. He scores 15 a game for a reason. Everyone knows what he's going to do. It's gonna. It, he might get a transition chance or a putback, or maybe you completely forget about him and double Embiid. You can't. Re- you can't really do that. <laughs> At least he'll get the ball and he'll pass it to someone else who's open for the three. But it's all I'm asking for is a spin. I I know you don't want to shoot, dude. I need you to have a move. Just like one like mid-transition move, you know? Giannis don't even be getting out there by people a lot of it. Sometimes he does. Most of the time it's just like in the middle of transition. He'll just get a three-on-three. And he's like, you know what? I can do a spin move right here. That's all I need Ben Simmons to do. Yeah. Am I asking yeah, for offensive much? moves? Yeah, no, you're not. Honestly, you're not. When you pick somebody first overall, you expect to <laughs> ask them more than you would ask a typical player or a typical draft pick. So, no, you're not asking too much. But if he was to answer the question, then I'm sure you'd have a different <laughs> answer. <laughs> he, <laughs> Definitely. He's uh, like, yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm not doing any of that. <laughs> I have a question. Go ahead. I was thinking about this the other day. Can Ben Simmons is, – is Ben Simmons going to get in the Hall of Fame off of what he's doing right now? If we acknowledge that he's never going to change. Is he on a Hall of Fame trajectory? 
Yes or no? No. <laughs> well, it depends how much. It depends, honestly, on how good he can be as a defender. Because that's going to be his calling card. Like, we all thought it would be more of a LeBron James, but obviously he's not the scorer of a LeBron. And, I mean, obviously it's hard to compare people to LeBron James, let's be honest. But I don't think unless he's – if he's going to have to start racking up some accolades, it's going to have to be some all-defensive some all defensive first teams, some defensive player of the years, and he's going to have to potentially win a championship. And I don't think he can – I don't know if he's going to be able to win a championship just based off his play style. But if he can develop on this trajectory that he's taken as a defender, then I think he'll have a chance. So I'm going to say – I'm just going to go through his accolades real quick. He's made three NBA All-Star teams um, Mm -hmm. last three years, Uh, all-NBA third team last year, all-NBA defensive first team last year, rookie of the year 2018. I think – Yeah. Like that's the trajectory, right? Like, yeah, he's twenty-four. Yeah, exactly. I don't want him to get in the Hall of Fame. He doesn't. (laughs) 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 Like, (laughs) I'm just gonna say it. Hey, man, Kevin Love is a Hall of Famer, man. But yeah, but Kevin Love, we know Kevin Love. Worked harder. I don't care. I'm just, he worked harder than Ben Simmons. Fuck this. This is stupid. <laughs> Kevin Love was averaging 25 and 10 for like four straight years, or like 25 and 12, actually. Or like 20. What was he averaging? He was averaging ridiculous numbers for a couple years. Yeah. Ben doesn't do that. And he still gets in the All Star game every time. Like, why? I know why, but like, damn it. I, I kind of want him to miss one year just so he like tries harder. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's coming to him so easy that I know I don't think he thinks he has to work any harder. Exactly. So yeah, like, you gotta hope he's doing the right stuff in the offseason. Kevin Love gave Obviously, you a couple he's not of shooting and twelve numbers. Yeah. You have fifteen rebounds when you're damn twenty and fifteen. That's yep. crazy. But oh yeah, he led the league in rebounds. He also can shoot <laughs> fucking ball. He really he he honestly, honestly, he's the first stretch four, if we're being honest. When we're talking about stretch fours, it was always Kevin Love. I think it was Bosch first, but okay. But Bosch played the five. Uh, all right. With LeBron, I guess. He wasn't a stretch. I'm thinking of Kevin Love. I'm thinking of Kevin yeah, Love in Minnesota. Minnesota, yeah. No, you're right. Is he the first one? I guess. Yeah. yeah, that one year he was really, really good. He shot 41% from deep. Then he it's had not like he takes – and he takes a lot of attempts too. It's not like he's somebody who doesn't take shots and he's just had the high percentage because it's on limited attempts. Nah, he'd be throwing them up there. Yeah, he Chuck can really him. shoot. He's a chucker. 
<laughs> nah, yeah, he's a nah. Kevin Love's a Hall of Fame. Fine, I agree with that. He earned it. He has a championship. He changed his game for the betterment of the team. Uh huh. He didn't make the playoffs without another superstar. That's fine, but hey, man, Ben Simmons probably wouldn't. I just. This is my personal opinion, but Kevin Love made five all-star teams. Ben Simmons already made three, and that's my point. That's actually the exact point I'm making. <laughs> yeah. He's a, yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. Crazy as it sounds. This, this sucks. <laughs> he's really – he's only 24. It's, he doesn't even try to, like, work on his game like Tatum does. That's the worst part. Tatum's going to do a lot of dumb shots out there. Damn it. He's he's in the gym trying. He's yeah. seeking out the help. He seeked out the late Kobe Bryant. Like he, he he's like, I need to learn how to be show better. me the way. And the, the sad thing is, is we had that loss to the Raptors, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like you would that would be the year, right? Where you would be like, all right, you know. Now you guys went through the real pain. Right, you right. do that the real the real struggle pain, and then B came out different from he that did. moment on. He made the playoffs last year. Um, healthy was much more in shape. This year he's even way more in shape than he was last year. But he's continued yep. his upward trajectory, you know. And Ben Simmons was like, "Yeah, that sucked, but <laughs> second I, the second I saw him be crying, I was like, yeah, he's yeah, he gonna be different." Yeah, I knew once he cried. I'm like, okay, he cares. Yeah. All right. He's he's gonna he's gonna make this work. Miss Simmons, like, all right, what's the move after this? It's like I'm going right back to Kendall. Don't care. Don't give a fuck <laughs> about any of this. Any of this. Ah, anyway. So enough of my uh it's just gonna end so badly, but I already know that. Um Hey man, moving on, Darnell. You look at these standings. Um, do you have any takeaways before we get into you know our fun segment of the day? Any takeaways from the East or Western conferences? Because I have a couple, but let you go first. I think the Knicks Hawks in the first round series would be interesting. Just looking at the Celtics behind the Knicks and the Hawks, I thought I think that's interesting. <laughs> Because that they'll probably play a one, two, three, four, five, six. They'll probably potentially play a Bucks team if it started today. So that's interesting. And having a seven, eight seed be the Heat and the Hornets, that's a, that's something that's. I thought the Wizards were a little higher in the standings. Um, They're doing the best they can, man. <laughs> three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. They're in a ten spot. So okay, they're gonna play in. Yeah, they're two up on the Bulls too. Yeah. Okay. They're Ooh, just. It. Who have just fallen apart since they traded for Vucevic? <laughs> part of part of it is they had Zach Levine be injured, so that's part of it. But they were losing with him right there. Yeah, they were. The Clippers being two games out of first place in the Western Conference—that's mm-hmm. something to watch for. The Suns are right there. The Jazz are right there. So it's going to be a three-team race to the end. Most teams have around twelve games left. We have roughly a month left for the season, so we want to see how that plays out. And I think whatever happens with the Lakers is something else I'm, I'm, I'm going to be watching for because 
they can they probably won't catch the Nuggets for the four seed unless something unless the Nuggets just go on a crazy losing streak. But the Lakers will be right there. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, we'll have a Nuggets Nuggets Lakers first round matchup. Talk about a break, man. If the Lakers really and get to play the Nuggets in the first round, that would be a huge break. That's the matchup that you would want if you're if you're the Lakers. So they're exactly. in a position to get healthy at the right time and mm-hmm. try to figure the things out. So that's what stands out about the standing. Now it could happen. The Mavericks did just beat them twice in a row. They could fall to six. I don't think they want to fall to six. Now, I don't think they'd have any particular issue with Looking at the West, <clears throat> what I think is going to happen, uh-huh. I think I'm going to start with this. I think the Clippers are about to catch both these both these teams. Um, the Jazz and the Suns are both six and four in their last ten, which isn't bad, but the Clippers are just on fire. Uh, they've won nine of their last ten. They've won four in a row. They, they really just are a tough team to beat right now. Um, they play the Suns upcoming, I think. Okay, it's not their next game because they play the Pelicans, but I think they play them very soon. And so that really is right for the two seed. And I just don't think the Suns are going to beat them. Yeah, they play the Suns uh, Wednesday. and Yep, they play the Suns Wednesday. Then they play the Nuggets. Then they play the Raptors. Then they play the Lakers. So. Then the Knicks. The Knicks have a tough yep. schedule coming. It's going to be interesting to see who they play. But, but yeah, I, I just think the Clippers are going – I just think they're going to beat the Suns. I think they're going to get right up to the two seed. And I think the Jazz without Don Mitchell – and they're going to be obviously cautious with Don Mitchell, but I think there's a good chance Clippers catch the one. So with that being in mind, as far as I see the Lakers falling, possibly would be the six. I don't think we're going to get a Lakers-Clippers first-round matchup, which I no longer want. I, I no, think gonna, I don't want that in the first round. Yeah. I wanted it for a little bit when I felt the Nuggets were healthy and the Blazers could beat a team that had a better record than them. But both those things aren't happening. So that being the case, I think the for the Lakers, worst case scenario, you probably play the Suns right in the first round. And while that isn't ideal, I might go six. Well, <laughs> like uh, I'm really gonna be threatened by no offense, Phoenix, but I just don't think if they're healthy, they're going to be threatened by the Suns. Too, too much just because dude, no one's gonna stop the rock um but yeah the, the ideal position that they would want would be, would be playing a hampered beaten up nuggets team with no will barton right now we don't know if he'll be back for he should be back for the playoffs but we were not sure right now and obviously no Jamal Murray and so that would be ideal for them um Mavs Suns however in the first round would be crazy uh to me that would be really really fun if we get that or Mavs Mavs Clippers. I actually think the Clippers would kind of wipe the floor with them. Just because really of Rondo. And they're not as good without Seth. So they wouldn't have All as right. many. It's really, it's really, I don't know if you've noticed, by the way, with someone who hasn't been playing recently for the Mavericks. I forgot to mention this. Josh Richardson. Oh, we mentioned him last podcast. Yeah, but he's not. Yeah, exactly. So he's still not. They won three in a row. Not there. I'm just saying. We already know that. We've we've long been saying this, but still. Yep. Oh, no, he was actually there two games ago. My bad, Josh. He was there two games ago. He gave him 13. But he wasn't there last game, and they looked a little bit better. Anyway, um, but, yeah, just because he's there and, like, Seth isn't, even though Seth doesn't do anything for us, um, he just – it's just – 
they're not quite as explosive. So I think the Clippers kind of be a better matchup. But really, to me, in the West, it's really about the seven through ten, and the dream, man. We've been wanting for one thing, one dream. We're so close to getting a Dame Steph play in tourney game. Just a one game. That's what we want. Just a yeah. one game. One game. Not a not a seven game series. Yep. We just want to see if Dame can beat him one time, and if he one can't time. beat him in with this roster, with a better team, I don't. Hey, there's nothing else to say. There's nothing else to say. Yep. And when you look at the records, man, the Warriors thirty-one and thirty, the Blazers thirty-two and twenty-eight, scoring differential. It's like they're identical. They really shouldn't be, but they are. And I think I would just, I would just love that. I would love that. Let the Grizzlies know if I, I like you guys, Grizzlies. I want you guys to hop out, get in the nine seed, let the Warriors jump you real quick, beat the Spurs, come out of there, and then you you can play the loser. I'm down for that. Because if either one of them loses two in a row. That'd be bad. What I wouldn't want to see is like Steph or Dame win one and then lose the second one and then get called all. You know what I mean? That is a tough situation to try to win two in a row. But unless they played each other, unless it was like Dame lost to the Grizzlies and then Steph won, then it would be it would be really crazy that it really would. It would be nuts. But we just don't want to see the Spurs. But hey man, you know what? I said I'm over it. The Spurs get to stay around. Because they're better than the Pelicans. And at the end of the day, it's all that matters. Um, as for the East, I mean the Knicks Hawks, it looks like a good series. Really, it's it's more so it's been for me a while, these second round matchups. And with the Nets going away, it's the Sixers Bucks second round. You know, I, I, I am really happy that the Bucks lost because I don't. I really I, we would beat them, I'm pretty sure. But I don't have any interest in playing the Celtics, man. I don't. I don't really want to play the Heat either, but I, you got to play one of them, so fuck it at this point. Yeah. That's a team that you want – if you're if you're a Sixers fan, you want the Celtics to get eliminated by somebody else. No, I want us to beat them. I just don't – I, I mean, I'm just saying, you don't yeah. want, you don't even want to put yourself in a situation where you have to play the Celtics and possibly lose to the Celtics again. Yeah, I would it's love beating them. Works, get beating them would beating them really would kind of clear a lot of playoff teams, but and I think we would in like six, but I don't want to play them, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't, I, I'm not really too interested in playing Jimmy Butler either. Be completely honest with you. Yeah. So I wanted the one seed, but we keep losing. And now we're now Embiid has a little injury and Simmons has been gone for a couple games. And oh yeah, we're hurt because duh. Who could have seen that, it coming? <laughs> once once Embiid got he was a late scratch with a shoulder injury. The only thing I was thinking about was man. Yeah, Demetrius is right. Duh. Some uh, injuries gonna pop up. They're going Just like to. he said. Yeah, and it did. That's exactly what happened. Yep. Yeah. And Embiid has a chance for MVP if he plays the rest of these games. He ain't playing the rest of these fucking games. <laughs> First off, no one's playing the rest of these fucking games. They can avoid it. The Nets, 
I think there are. I think the only reason that KD really played is because Kyrie's probably just like, bro, I have had to play like by myself for a while. Right. I am a little. He went for 15 with Marcus Smart on his ass. He's like, I'm a little tired. I kind of would like some help. And James is like, hey, dude, I did my job. I got to rest for the playoffs, bro. And KD's like, all right, I guess it is my turn. He just came out there off the bench with 33. They they have the luxury of doing that. See, we all of us have to play for us to win. And that's just the difference. <laughs> so they're going to get the one seed. So they're going to beat us if, if we play. The thing with the Bucs is, is they all have to play at a high level for them to win, and you just saw them lose to the Hawks. So I think what's going to happen is the Sixers are going to get the two seed, the Bucs are going to get the three seed. Because the Bucs is as impressive as those wins were, and they've had impressive wins lately. They are five of their last ten. They're five and five in their last ten. It's kind of shocking if you really think about it. You'd think oh, they were yeah. better than that, right? You would think. Yeah. Tom is a theory that they're trying to avoid the one seed on purpose, which honestly, I can't say is too far off. Why would you ever want to? Why would you ever want to avoid the one seed? The expectations. No, no way. I agree with what you're saying, but I also agree with what he's saying. There's a chance. There's a chance. There's a chance in the back of the mind. It's like, we don't really want the one seed, man. We're, we're cool with the three seed, bro. No, I, I don't think so. I think they want to win as many games as they can, but they do recognize that it's not a sprint. So they were preparing themselves to possibly lose the one seed. I'll say that much. And they were okay with that. But as far as trying to avoid it at all costs, I don't think so. They don't avoid it. They just play a little they, – they don't play with the same day-to-day that they used they're to. Not taking, they're not taking a regular season with the same approach no. that they did last year. Unless they play good teams. Yeah. You saw them against us. They look completely ready. So, you know, hey, it is what it is, man. Um Tonight, dude, this is a weird time in the NBA season, right? Because people keep sitting, not playing, but they backloaded the schedule so well that we're going to get a lot of interesting matchups. And today, we get the Suns and the Knicks. Great one. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Then we get the Grizzlies and the Nuggets. It's going to be a very interesting game. Go Nuggets, man. Go Denver. I think Denver beat beat the Grizzlies recently too. Because I remember I remember rooting for them. It was an, it was a, it was a double overtime game. Yeah. So that game is going to be pretty crazy. Noah Barton is going to be kind of a struggle. Um, but you know, we will see what happens. And Tuesday, Mavs, Warriors, 9:30. Could be a possible eight seed jump up game for the Warriors. That could be huge. So we will see what happens. Um, in those upcoming games. But Darnell, let's get into it. Who is your player of the weekend, coach of the weekend, game of the weekend, and your dickhead of the weekend? All right, so for my player of the weekend, until further notice, it's going to be Steph Curry. He's had 37 last night. Uh, Another great showing from him. He had 32 the other night, so he's just continuing his pace. He's probably going to finish as the leading scorer in the league. So that's a race. That's kind of a close race that a lot of people aren't talking about, the Bradley Bill and Steph Curry scoring race. So that's something that will probably – yeah. And so for my coach of the last – or for the weekend, 
I'm going to go with I'm going to go with James Borrego, the Hornets coach. They're in the eighth seed. They just beat the Celtics. They beat the Cavs. And they're just a team that's finding ways to win games without LaMelo Ball. I think it's been impressive. They haven't had Gordon Hayward. He's been playing closer to his Utah self with the Hornets this season. So losing him is a big blow. And they've still figured out ways to win. So props to Borrego there. For my game of the last two days, I'm going to go with Golden State Sacramento. It was a really it was a big shooting fest between Steph Curry and Buddy Hill. Obviously, Steph's the better shooter, so he won that. And just an impressive game. It came down to the wire. The Warriors obviously pulled away, but that's my game of the weekend. And for my dickhead of the weekend. I'm going to just stay with this Sacramento Kings and Warriors game because I was watching this last night, and it was a 114-113 game. I believe the Kings were down one. Yeah, the Kings were down one. And the Warriors are inbounding the ball to, to, you know, get fouled and get to the free throw line to make free throws. They're doing that kind of, you know, back and forth. And – don't tell me. They inbounded. They inbounded the ball. The Warriors inbounded the ball. And Buddy Hill gets the steal off of the inbound pass. So this is right under the basket. So he has a wide open layup to give them the lead. This is seconds left in the game. And he bobbles. So he catches it. He has possession of the ball. He goes up for a layup and he loses it out of his hands, off of his knee, without anyone around. No one touches him. No one fouls him. He just inadvertently drops the ball and cost them the game, and they lost. So that's my dickhead of the week. I'm watching it now. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Damn, Very. Sucks. <laughs> Damn, buddy, had a great game, and then you had your moment. Really he had, had his chance. moment in the sun, and it just just can't lose the ball, man. It's got dribbling. It, it, it reminds me of when Tom Brady dropped the dropped that pass. How was like, it? Had it. <laughs> it was like yeah. right in his hands, and then next thing you know, it's on the ground. That man looked at Juan Toscano Anderson in his face and got scared. Oh, God, buddy. Come on, buddy. That's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. All right, so my um, player of the weekend, as I said, amen, we dissed him last time, but we apologize. It's still Steph Curry. Um, Two more 30-point games. What else can you say? Uh, My coach of the weekend, Taylor Jenkins. Uh, coach of the Grizzlies can't argue with James Braga. Braga, saying his last name right. Borrego. Borrego. I got the last time. Um, can't argue with that. But Taylor Jenkins as well. He's done a great job with the Grizzlies. Now you see them starting to get healthy, and they were fighting all year. And um, we point out them, uh, the Hornets really, and the Thunder were all fighting all year. And you know, a hey, one team decided to tank, the other two 
just keep fighting. And um, those two coaches are doing a great job. Three of the, three of the best kind of, you know, co- well-coached teams in the league. So there you go, Taylor Jenkins. Um, my game of the weekend, I'm actually going to go – I'm going to go Grizzlies-Blazers Friday night. Crazy game, 130-128. Um, you know, last-second drama. And the Grizzlies end up winning it. And Grayson Allen didn't ruin it this time. So, you know what, Jeff Grayson. My dickhead of the weekend. I don't really have one. So, I'm going to say it's Kevin Durant until further notice. Because he did kind of say some dickhead shit, actually. Even what though he say this time. Well, he it was just what you said he said about the Suns. It wasn't bad. It wasn't terrible, but they're not really a threat to us. I mean, he's not wrong, but still. Still. You you don't have to always be wrong to be a dickhead. That is true. That is very true. So and, and, and Draymond knows that very well. Oh man. <laughs> oh God. Draymond is wrong often. Like, we don't condone what Draymond says on our podcast. <laughs> don't listen to him on that one. Draymond's <laughs> like his overall point, like I get it, but like, no, you're wrong, dude. Like <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, yeah. Katie's right. Terrible. He's still at the cup, but yes, Draymond's Draymond's wrong most of the time. <laughs> Draymond is in year dickhead of the year considerations. We have to see how the playoffs go. It's really is between oh, yeah. like I really think it's between him. Him and Katie are definitely the two front runners. Dame and Paul George are kind of secondary. Dame fighting though. All this loyalty shit to this lose five straight. <laughs> like he really hey hey i'm changing it it's dame actually it's damian Lillard for shooting eight for 27 yeah saying he should be an mvp see the difference is steph said he should be an mvp and started scoring 30 again dame says it and he starts just playing bad <laughs> so you know what I can bring this up, but I could have had Damian. I had a choice between Damian Lillard and Steph Curry for my fantasy team. And I put I picked Damian Lillard. Yeah, that was dumb. <sighs> I'm a little upset about that. Well, I mean, it worked for a little bit. and then It did. It did. I was like, okay, I might have had a nice, sneaky, genius move. But yeah. that's ending badly. Yeah. You shouldn't do sneaky, genius moves. You should just do genius <laughs> Let's go, go it. I mean, yeah, I don't think I don't think any of us. I think we hoped for, but didn't expect Steph to lead the league in scoring. Right. Like me and Dom from the jump, we've been like, "Hey, man, everyone dissing Steph. Y'all need to watch out. Y'all really setting yourself up here." And you never dissed him. You just didn't. You just picked Dame over him. Hey, man. Early, in, I was a person who took Dame in the playoffs. I'm telling you, he lost all fate with me. It was it was really that Clippers game. It wasn't even the playoffs. It wasn't even the missed free throw. It was the Clippers game at the beginning of the season. I was like, dude, I give up. He got me back for a little bit with the Bulls thing. Then I just realized, I was like, oh, Zach Levine is like kind of a choke artist too. Okay. 
I understand why they were able to do that. Because that play was crazy. The whole hitting the three, then getting the tip in, and hitting that three. Like, that was that was a pretty nutty sequence, you know? Yeah. Really was one of the best moments of the whole year. But. Highly. The problem is they can't beat anyone that has one more win than them. And now they're struggling against teams that aren't as good. So, so, so you know what? They're actually allowing the Grizzlies to be better than them, which would explain why they can't beat them. <laughs> got it. Got to set it up, man. We're, we're getting into the finish line, so thank you, Dame. Appreciate you. Great player, man. You just, it's just the loyalty stuff, man. It's just, it's just, it, we're going to see it. We're going to see it. Hopefully, one on one versus Steph. Oh, yeah. Sign me up. A playing good television. I need that. I need that playing. That's the playing game. That's the whole. That would that would make all of it be okay. That would make the entire playing game okay to be created. <laughs> if we get that. We get that one moment. But mm-hmm. anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, Demetrius Mason, yet again. Hopefully, you guys enjoy. Hope you guys have a good one. So, for Darnell Jones with Demetrius. Have a good one. Later.